Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! And we're off. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? What is happening, fellas? The Patriots are on the winning side again. We've waited a few weeks for this, but how does it feel? Uh, finally get a win. You know, it seems like a little while. But um, I think, you know, it, we we stole a game. We, we absolutely stole a game with this one. We had no business winning this through the third quarter. And then it was like... The only chance was, yeah, the Texans going to be that stupid. Let's see how stupid they actually are. And they proved themselves to be, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. But Davis Mills can throw the ball. I don't know where that came from. Our defense looks shaky, but I'll take the win. Take it. Yeah, I mean, it's a W at the end of the day in the win column. Great. Um, Very, very lucky win with all the mistakes they made. I think they had eight penalties for 70 yards, timely penalties. Uh, Probably the worst display of the season defensively um taking into account who they're playing i know the uh the saints game yeah. wasn't great but <clears throat> i mean texans kind of gave this one away they, they didn't go for it on a fourth and two um and they were crushing on fourth down i think they were three for three um they took a ton of clock off the board and our secondary was getting picked apart by just nobodies uh chris moore off the practice squad looked like <laughs> looked like jerry rice um Really a tough game to watch defensively. Mac made a bunch of mistakes that he was lucky he didn't get punished too badly for. Um, some 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 pros on the offense, but overall defensively it was it was pretty bad. And um, we're lucky to get out of this get out of this one with a two and three record, second in the in the division now. Yeah, so. how about that? We take the step up as the Dolphins continue to crater. One of the things that we we didn't really talk about last week that I noticed during the game was they they showed the booth. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's Nick Casario. Oh, yeah, Romeo Cornell is on that staff. I'm like, I, I forgot how much familiarity there was. And how bad do you think Nick Casario wanted to beat Belichick? After, oh, my God, they all want to beat him. After, after the Patriots wouldn't let him interview for other jobs for years. For yeah. years, they were like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to let him out of this building. He signs a big deal with the Texans. Almost immediately, Deshaun Watson's like, get me out of here. Almost immediately after that, Deshaun Watson is front page news outside of the sports section. Uh, and then, yeah, now you see Casario's in there. He's probably calling, uh, he's probably talking to the coaching staff actively during the game. Take, he takes a much more active role in the coaching than most GMs do, uh, going back to his time with the Patriots. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, it, it showed in the first half. I mean, this was completely a tale of two games. The the Texans started the game. Let me let me just pull this. It was touchdown, touchdown, field goal, right. halftime, half and then they got a touchdown, and then they go for a punt where they try to do the fake punt. And I knew they were going to fuck that up. So dumb. Everything flipped mm-hmm. after that. The Patriots then go field goal, field goal, touchdown, field goal, win the game. But I mean that that stupid fake punt. It's on your own thirty yard line. Like we think you're going to go for it. Do we actually yeah. think no one buys it? You try to back up and do a pooch punt from your own 30. It's like, stop overthinking this, guys. You're up yeah, by 13. You, you did, like, I feel like the they knew they wanted to go for it on fourth down, clearly. And it had worked. They had done it. They had gotten three fourth downs. Two of them were fucking for huge plays. Everything was working. There was just no one there smart enough to be like, all right, it worked. the plan worked. Go back to being playing safe. Let's go back to playing safe. Don't go for it or fuck around on fourth down anymore. But that's what they did. So 
I was really happy to see that. Um, it went right off the back of their own guy's helmet. Quite a, that was a good football folly there. We got the ball on the 30. So unbelievable decision by that coach. Yeah, props props to uh, Lawrence Guy for driving that dude straight backwards through two people. And, yeah, Lawrence and Guy. Ends up, I, mean, I don't know how that guy doesn't get evaluated for a concussion. I mean, I'm, I'm saying the whole time, like he got a an NFL punter whacked this ball straight off the back of his head from point blank range. Yeah. While he's being driven the other way, yeah. the opposite direction. Scrambled. He was probably more shocked than anything. I guarantee you the ball <laughs> never hit the back of his head on a punt before. I don't I like know why hard. the punter didn't go back to proper depth. He went back for like a seven-yard drop. Yeah, I think yeah. usually it's around 11 yards, I think. Um, but just a bonehead coaching decision. And thank God for David Cully because if not for that and a couple other I think he wanted to kick it on fourth and two, and they were just absolutely demolishing us on fourth down later in the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I just didn't see the point in even faking a punt there. You're not no, going to – Stupid. You're not going to go for it. So Yeah, didn't make any sense. Ryan, you brought up the, the defense was disappointing, certainly, through the first two and a half quarters. Really disappointing. And I was just pulling my hair out because they're throwing slant passes every single fourth down. Turns out – into the the second half, they were able to figure that one out and jump a slant pass. I think it was J.C. Jackson who broke one up from Brandon Cooks. But uh, after that, they turned it on big time. Judon, two sacks, continues to be the best player in this team. Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins played three snaps in the game and got a sack. Got a sack. <laughs> uh, yeah, great, great play. Um, it's nice having Jamie back. Hightower actually had a, a somewhat, somewhat decent game, but there's yeah. a couple guys in this defense that you, you depend on to be your top players, uh, i.e. J.C. Jackson and Devin McCourty. Yeah, yeah. They, they were going at J.C. Jackson like he was a like he was a undrafted rookie, you know, yeah. which he is undrafted. But holy shit, this kid Chris Moore came off the practice squad and just was just torching, him. torching yeah. him, beating him for jump balls, and then McCourty of all people missing the tackle twice in this game yeah. on, on on these big plays where the guy ran for I think. One was like 50 yards, and the other one was a touchdown. Yeah, it, not not great. Um, those guys definitely probably the weakest links on our defense this week, which is really too bad, along with the rest of the secondary. Someone else that I think is just too slow out there, and it's clear is Van Noy right now. I mean, I don't know how he gets so much playing time as the most li most at linebacker. For us, when he was in his best, he was at the end. So, you know, and we don't really need him there. I'm happy yeah. to see Jamie, come back in that position, but come on. As much as I love McCourty and I want to see him back, he's getting paid so much money this year. For him to play like that is unacceptable. I think PFF had him down for a 28.6. I've never seen a score that, that, that low. This, he's just consistently been unbelievable. Not good. Oh, this, so, yeah, yeah. So to see him make these plays, to, like, you know, I, don't, I just don't understand yeah. What's happening? It was the it last was, few weeks too. Especially this game. Yeah. He, he he didn't look very good. The the whole defensive back group is is no good <laughs> right now. It was it was a really bad showing from from our cornerbacks well, in this game. Probably. And then we shipped out uh our our best chance at adding in a, a solid reinforcement. Stefan Gilmore traded for a future six round pick earlier this week. I think that's what it was. I think they were all buddies with him and probably like Damn, like we didn't expect them to get traded, and they weren't feeling it. Um, I, think, I think that you can't downplay that too much. I don't think that's the main reason, but I feel like that at least took their head out of the game. 
when they're maybe, like, maybe subconsciously, but you know, like your best player, your buddy just gets shipped out of town. You're not you're like that's it. He's not. You were expecting him to come back all season. They hadn't traded him, and then he doesn't come back, and you're like, oh shit. Right. Yeah. Like we we were going to be disgusting with him, and now it's just us. Like yeah. Devin McCourty should be able to, you know, lead them out of that. But he isn't playing great right now, so it's tough to be like, oh yeah, that guy's going to save our ass. The secondary is supposed to be a strength, <laughs> a strength on this team, and I can see like subconsciously losing Gilmore might hurt your confidence or whatever. But you're an NFL player, you're a professional. Everything yeah. you put on tape is in order to get yourself more money and have it and have a career. So. Yeah. It's, it's not a good look. Yeah, should be mentioned, Jalen Mills out for this game, who had been our number two corner coming in, and then uh, Juwan Bentley out for this game as well, which contributed to... he played to, a little bit, no? I thought he was out. I didn't. I don't think I saw him out there. Uh, and then Kyle, Kyle Van Noy. I saw him out there in the beginning. Maybe not. Van Noy had to play a lot of snaps to make up for that. Uh, yeah, d- defensively, it was ugly to start. They figured it out in the second half. Belichick said after the game, he's like, we were trying to play 60 minutes. Turns out we only played 30, but... It was enough. It was yeah. enough at the end. And and going into this game, we were all wringing our hands. I know we were texting about it. Four offensive linemen out for this game. Are both guards, both tackles. David Andrews is sitting in there with people he's basically, he's never played in, in an NFL game with. Justin Heron moves over to left tackle. We slide in. Yadi could, could just, as apparently the announcer said. I've been calling him Kajust. Whatever. I've been calling him Kajust, too. Yeah. yeah. So they had all that going on. They were actually able to run the ball pretty effectively in the second half. They figured out this I formation run right up the A gaps. And then for some reason, they went away from it, which yeah. really frustrated yeah. me. I'm like, why are you running off tackle? Why are you trying to pitch it out? Why are you doing single back? It's like run the I formation right up the gut. They haven't figured it out. And then what they did was uh, we got the ball back. I want to say like around our 10 yard line on one of those possessions. And they line up in the I formation. They do a hard play action right up the middle to start the drive. They they throw the post right behind it. It was brilliant. I was like, yes, because it was the drive after they had established that I formation dive play. And you know the Texans were over there just thinking, how do we stop this dive? How do we stop the dive? And so they give them that yeah. look and they run the, the play action behind it. It was brilliant. Uh, should be mentioned, Damian Harris, another fumble. Yeah, another. I one. hated that call. I honestly hated that call. Uh, you I couldn't see it. it. You couldn't see it. I don't know how they were able to bullshit. piece it together, and they didn't really give an explanation. Gene Steratore was like, "Great call, great call." I'm like, "Show me the angle. Show me yeah. what you're seeing." What happened? A tie goes to the runner. The way it's called on the field takes over unless you have um, undisputed evidence or clear evidence that it happened. And they did. Nothing they showed us had. Like, I, I don't know if they had the golden shot, but they never showed us. And like you said, they didn't really explain it. We got burned by that a few weeks ago when uh, Stevenson fumbled the ball in, I think, week one, which has gotten benched <laughs> until now, yeah. uh, where he they called it a fumble on the field. And uh, it could have been clear that his knee was down before, but there was no real good shot of it. So they're like, nope, it's, we're going to stay with the call on the field. Yeah. So I'd like to see some consistency there <laughs> for one. That doesn't screw us both times, but um, it'll come you know, around. Yeah, wasn't a got, fan of it. We definitely got the short end of the stick on that one. I, I thought he's got to hold the ball better. He's got to hold. He's got to hold on to the ball, and I thought it was a fumble, but it's not conclusive that he's before the goal line. I thought that the only angle I saw that clearly showed, well, not clearly, but showed him fumbling potentially before he got to the goal line 
was about a 30 degree angle from towards the the back of the end zone. Um, So I don't know how you can overturn that. You need something conclusive. And down the line, the camera was blocked. Um, (laughs) Yeah, by the lineman. Was it Durant or somebody? Someone. No, no, it probably wasn't Durant because he only got three snaps. He got two snaps, yeah. Um, Now, back to the offensive line. I thought they did a pretty decent job, but I thought a lot of that was down to the play calling where, and this is the way I would like Josh McDaniels to call it all the time, was quick throws. Get the ball out of mm-hmm. your hands quick. The whole the whole offensive game plan seemed to be tuned to getting the ball out of Mac Jones's hands quickly, whether that's to the running back or a quick slant or something like that. I think he had nine nine or ten completions like within uh, three yards of, of the line of scrimmage. Um, so, I mean, I would like to see that on a more consistent basis, and I love the I-formation 12 personnel. Um, if we could do more of that, I think we'd be in good shape. Yeah, it's yeah. powerful. And I think um, I was going to say about the offensive line, you know, one thing it really shows me is that, you know, it's not really a personnel issue. Like all the issue, the fact that we were able to play somewhat of a decent offensive game today uh, on Sunday shows that, okay, this is four makeshift guys and one starter. And it wasn't horrible. Like I thought it was going to be a bloodbath. It was okay. There was some problems, but that means the starters, the three guys or four guys were missing really three guys were missing Trent Brown, goes to IR so who knows what's going to happen with that one to be honest at this point yeah hopefully he's back by then but that's not great that's not a great look it's not a good sign um I thought Ted Karras played really well but um Karras played pretty well the one positive I'll just kind of pile on with that is Mac Jones only got hit four times and he's been getting hit 10 12 times a game and I sent you guys a stat earlier this week that said he was on pace to get hit more than any quarterback um recorded yeah, and more more than um, David Carr back in the day for the for that's the te- terrible. Do you remember how many he got? 52 yeah, that sacks can't happen. Man. One year, and, and that, it can't happen to your rookie. Can't happen. So yeah, and and just so four guys that are practice squad players barely barely play besides Karras are in there and do an okay job. Like your your starters who have Pro Bowlers on it should be able to do a lot better. So it's almost like. They, it, you know, it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing because Oweno should be going. And maybe I think the solution is you just switch around where everyone is. They went in with this plan that Oweno is going to play left guard. Maybe he's just not good there. We know he's nasty on the right side. Maybe he's not really good there on at left guard. And uh, Kajust looks like he can play. Maybe you have to get him involved. Um, Wynn hasn't been playing great. Maybe he goes inside. I don't know. Just get creative with it because there is a combination that will work there with that talent. Yeah, so. I think um, one is a tough one because he has put up some pretty good statistics as far as him playing his position. Shaq Mason's never been a, a, a great pass defender, but he's a very good run blocker, probably the best in the league at, at right guard. So that's a tough decision to make. Heron moving over to left tackle, I thought was surprisingly good. Um, yeah. And then on the other side, we had Kajust, who was not great. And he had a couple, couple uh, plays there where the guy just flew right by him and I think it was Greenshaw or Greenlaw or I don't I don't know the guy's name. He he burnt him a couple times. Oh uh, yeah, I do remember. But overall, I thought it was an improvement. Hey, anything you could do to to more than half how many times your quarterback is getting hit, and especially as a rookie, I'll take that. That's not so bad. Yeah, that's key. And it should be noted that not not all opponents are made the same 
and the Texans are a one and four sure. team, and I think their one victory is against the Jaguars. So it's it, it's not the best competition to evaluate against. But I'm I'm glad that Mac was upright. I thought he was he was pretty good in this game. He wasn't great. Uh, he he was able to get the ball out. Only one sack given up on the day. The interception to start the second half wasn't great. He did have a couple missed throws that got a, a bit lucky that they weren't picked up by the defense. One, one thing that stood out to me in this game was the use of Hunter Henry in high leverage positions uh, yeah. where on third Finally. down, key key plays, they were able to go to Hunter Henry and use his body uh, to shield defenders and get the necessary yardage where normally it's basically been, oh, get it to James White or maybe Jacoby Myers can get some separation when you're on third right. down. Right. Adding Hunter Henry into that mix is another weapon and it's where he should Finally. be. I mean, he's he's been that player for years in the league, so it's nice to see it come to fruition with the Pats. Yeah, I thought our weapons were okay this game. Hunter Henry getting in the mix is great. I thought if he can build on this, like that's what we're looking for. That touchdown was good. He was open. Uh, I don't know what's really going on with Jonu Smith. Maybe it's going to take him a little longer to figure this whole thing out. Myers looked, you know, his usual self outside that one drop. Man, what was that? The Late in the second On second the left sideline, yeah. Left sideline, bounces off his hands. There's no one within five to ten yards of him. He would have gotten a huge – I think we came up with a field goal on that drive. He arguably could have scored a touchdown depending on what was going on downfield there because there was no one very close. I agree with all that. Um, Hunter Henry is quickly becoming your most reliable target. Uh, That drop by Jacoby, I would have caught that. I I can tell you right now. (laughs) Yeah, same. I mean, that drop in that is brutal. I don't know. Getting a lot of shit for that one this week, I'll tell you that. I believe I believe you, Ryan. JJ, I don't think you would have caught that. <laughs> the safety Rude was coming you. over footsteps, rolling in. Yeah, hey, right. You know what? I shit on their team. Um, I, I totally shit on their team before the week. Their yes. safeties can actually play. Like Lonnie Johnson, I don't know about you guys. I was impressed with that kid. I thought he looked great. He did. Yeah, he was in a lot of tackles. He looked good. Justin Reed was uh, a, a sh- shockingly did not become a Patriot as a safety coming out of Stanford, second round pick. You would have thought he's a shoe in to be on the Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Uh, Patriots were two for five in the red zone. Once again, get stalled out a bit down that end of the field. Play However, calling. Play, play calling, calling play calling is a little rough, especially down there. Nick Folk. It, it, needs, it needs to be mentioned. Nick Folk, four for four in a weekend full of missed kicks. Nick Folk was yeah. perfect. Nails. Although he Nails. did miss an extra point. Uh, he did. But he hits from 52. He hits at the very end of the game for the go-ahead field goal. Uh, you know, it's nice. The, these teams are looking around for kickers all over the league. They're looking around for kickers. And uh, would have known. It's nice it to just have a steady Eddie. Fucking Nick Folk. Was he retired for two years? I, I used to dump on him. We all did when he was with he the was Jets. Jets. He, Jets, he yeah. was the biggest head case back then. He would get after one missed kick. He was just, that was it. He would go downhill. Now he's just fucking steady. He's got it. He's, he's, he's figured out what he needed to figure out. Yeah. Arguably the player of the game. I mean, what, what did he hit a 55 yarder? 52. Um, 52 yarder. I mean, how many points did he score for us? Was it like 12? It was a shitload on fantasy. I'll tell you that. 13 points. Yeah. And you look around the league and there's 18 I, want, I think I heard 18 missed extra points collectively throughout the league. How do you what, – what, what is that about? Right? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. I mean, did you guys see the Bengals-Packers game? I got on this this podcast last week oh and, and talked God. about how this, this could be a toss-up game. And, oh, my God. Every, it was like the both teams were trying to lose. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, 
Well, I guess, yeah, we'll get into that in a sec. I want to talk about that one. It's so, historically good kicker, right? Mason Crosby, uh, one of the better kickers and shit. I, I almost want to say league history. He's up there, right? He's, he's in that, I don't know. I don't know how many people you would you would put ahead of him, but uh, what do you have, four, uh, four missed field goals? Three. Three missed field goals. Three? Yeah, yeah. right? And I will talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it was that was insane. That was the most insane, pathetic set of events I've seen in a football game in a long time. Uh, Ryan, shout out to Dex. He was he wanted me to. He was talking about this before. How he even saw how many kicks they missed, and he was like, "Jesus, this is terrible." It was terrible. Everyone thought it was a terrible display. The Bengals going back and forth. Holy well, shit. Well, yeah, no one's no one's impressed with that. What what I was screaming at the TV is when who is going to learn this lesson. That settling for a 55-yard field goal is not the is best not, route. Yeah. Both teams just they would go down one end and they would they'd get to like the 35-yard line. They're like, okay, let's try to run the ball here. And it's like, yeah. hey, why don't? How about the Bengals guy who celebrate? Oh yeah. Yeah, he thought he made it. He can't miss the kick and jumped up and down. And I was like, is he kidding me? What is he celebrating? <laughs> He's got to get his eyes checked. Hey, shout out to Dexter. Yeah, shout out to Dexter. <laughs> and so. Uh, dude, he jumping up and down, hit the flag. I don't know if he thought that was a rule that you score when you hit the flag. Yeah, that's bizarre. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> he was jumping he up and down. And it's like, dude, you just lost. No, no, now you just ruined yourself. You won't make a kick the rest of the game. <laughs> I was sold. I was. I mean, it was a good thing he didn't have to get back up there because there was no chance he would have ever made it if if he after that one. Yeah, you know. could have been a total head case. That was the story of the weekend. I mean, it was all over the NFL. The The Vikings were up 10 points in the fourth quarter. They go for a 47-yard field goal, blocked. And then the the Lions score 11 unanswered points. And then the Vikings were actually able to come back and kick the field goal at the end. Monday night football, the Colts are going for a, a field goal. It's going to seal the game. Calais Campbell blocks it. That guy must have the most blocked kicks in NFL history. What is he, 6'9"? 350 pounds, like yeah, like six, he's eight, be, six, seven. He's up there. He's he's tall as hell. Probably the biggest defensive player in the NFL, right? I mean, just factoring the height. He's got to have the biggest head size too. Have you have you seen the <laughs> the noggin on that dude? Just yeah. massive. I just want to mention Josh Uche has not looked did not look good last week at all. Like when he was in there, he's been in enough. He's yeah. playing like 10, 15 snaps. It's like. Come on, give him, let him let him get going a little bit. We need speed, and he's fast, you know. I want to see more of Uche, and I want to see more plays from Duggar because Duggar didn't really look great last week either. And it's just like, yeah, when is Dunker. it? When is it going to come? Because I'm, I'm telling you, we we probably should have lost this game, and we're talking about a one and four team right now, and right. we got it. We got the Cowboys coming up, a really good, really good team. We could talk about that more in a little bit, and then the Chargers after that, and I mean, we might be. If we lost this game, we might be talking about one and six. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, yeah, I I think we'll you know Duggar Duggar makes a lot of tackles. I don't know if he's got the cerebral game down and he yet to for that for his athletic abilities to really do him good because right now he's just tackling and he's good at covering, but he doesn't seem like he really his head you know he's got the I mental capacity like, for it or whatever he knows the plays like he needs. I would to like study more. I hear you. I would like to see Jalen Mills over the top a little bit more with McCourty and to play Duggar more yeah. as like one of these, like uh, Isaiah Simmons types, almost as a linebacker, you know, that's the way the NFL is now, man. Like you got a, you got plenty of big bodies in there yeah, with the inside guy, running back, oh, Lawrence guy, running back. Barmore, Perfect. your linebackers are pretty big. Van Noy, 
Bentley, Hightower. You you wouldn't kill yourself to put him in, in a seven or eight man box. Yeah. But well, you know one the, one thing I really liked about the, the defense was they went to a three four and I think Uche should get in there. That was nice. Well they they already have a guy playing that role and that's Adrian Phillips, a safety playing linebacker. And Adrian Phillips is I mean he's solid. He's been really good. He's been yeah, really he's good. He's got a lot of juice. He tackles well. He runs well. He covers. Uh, I'm not saying he's he's a Pro Bowl player, but they ask him to do a role, and he fucking does it. 100%. That's that's a great point. I think he's probably been our most consistent defender, wouldn't you say? Outside of Judon. Oh, outside of Judon. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. Barmore got a lot of snaps. Barmore is, oh, man, that guy is going to be a handful come November. Yeah. I'd like yeah. I'd like someone to develop next to him though. I think uh, I think the other kid there, the who's the huge kid, Carl Davis. Yeah, um, he's not really a kid, is he? He's he's like twenty nine years old. Yeah, um, twenty eight, maybe. I heard Lawrence Lawrence guy at times frustrates me, but you know, I guess he you got to in there. Still. Yeah, yeah, I know the defensive line. I mean, I like that they had three down linemen, and then it was kind of Judon and. You know, someone else on the outside there, whether it was, uh, I don't know, Winovich a little bit sometimes, um, Van Noy, uh, Wise. Wise was there a lot, too. But I like that. I mean, I think that's a good look for the talent we have on this defense. So Barmore is good in that role, too. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll, we'll scoot back to the Patriots when we talk about the Cowboys preview. But a couple other things this weekend. There was a number of really good games and uh, one of them that really lived up to it, Chargers-Browns. Oh, my goodness. Back and forth, back and forth game. Two two young, really smart coaches. Uh, Justin Herbert doesn't get nearly the national publicity. I mean, I feel like you have to follow really in-depth football analysts to get a sense that Justin Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks. Like, the start of his career has been one of the best in NFL history. He's got the most – he's the Great. fastest to, like, 1,500, 300-yard passing games – he's been just unbelievable he steps back and you're like i I, every single time you think it's going to be complete it's an absolute howitzer when it comes out he moves around well he's got plenty of command of the offense and they do great things 26 points in the fourth quarter i guess i didn't know they scored that many how did they even do that they were unstoppable just flat out unstoppable uh the the browns are running the ball in the fourth quarter like they need a touchdown they're in the three minute drill and they're they're handing it off to Chubb, and it's effective. Like they're they're getting like ten yards a clip, handing the ball yeah. off at the very end of the. Uh, it's staggering. The, both of those coaches, I'm super impressed with. One of the the plays that was so funny at the end of it was the Chargers had the ball right at the doorstep going in to take the lead against the Browns, and they were trying to run. They got to the one yard line. And they were like, okay, we don't want to score too fast and leave them time to come back on the other end. Yeah. So if Mark- they. They hand it off to Eckler, and he's like dilly-dallying, like, I don't want to go in the end zone. The Browns all grab him and drag him into the end zone. <laughs> like, it's the, it wasn't even like, we'll let you score. It's like, you're going to score. Yeah, that's awesome. It was super I didn't funny. See that one. And 47 points, no less, against a, a pretty solid defense, I would say. I know they didn't have Jadavion Clowney, but you look around that defense, there's a lot of big time players. Um, and just kudos to, Justin Herbert, because I mean, I don't think I've seen a player in his first season in what four or five games that has come on the scene like that. Yeah. And, you know That's what I mean? Cool. Like, he looks phenomenal. Uh, I, I think it was Drew Brees this week that said he's never seen anyone throw the like the ball come out of his hand and 
for the ball to speed up the further away it gets. <laughs> it does look sad. like that. <laughs> yeah, which is incredible. I've never, I mean, and you're talking about Drew Brees. You're not talking about, you know, some, some analyst guy. that doesn't play football. Like, this guy yeah, yeah. is the second all time in passing yards. So I thought that was a crazy thing to hear from a guy like that. Yeah. He's insane. This is going to be tough for our defense in a couple of weeks. I know, yeah. right? Herbert's, yeah. I, I, he's squarely in the MVP consideration right now. Uh, another guy that's up there, Lamar Jackson, who had a just unbelievable second half in their comeback. The the Colts collapsed, just flat out collapsed. But Lamar Jackson puts up insane numbers. I think he threw for yeah. like 400 yards. Uh, obviously, he was he was running a little bit, dealing with a back injury, still played phenomenally well. He's the only the thing keeping that team afloat. The efficiency, Literally. I want to say he threw over 80% completions for that many yards passing, which is crazy. I mean, they're... I always want to say they're a running team, but for him to put up that many yards at 80% passing, mm-hmm. he's just a threat, man. You let him get out of the pocket, and if someone's open, they'll find him. It's, but, again, I always talk about that team, and I always I always say he's got to play like that every week because they can't – they can't, and, and it's, it's dangerous because he, he can get hurt, and he's such a small guy. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, I, I noticed in that game that Marquise Brown went off along with Mark Andrews. You know, Marquise Brown was in that same draft as old Nikhil Harry there, who visited the field last week, the last two weeks. And we've seen, he actually did prevent an interception, I guess you could say, this week. That's the best he did. <laughs> but that's the best well, he did. And I guess yeah. that says, you know, I mean, he got on the field, he's a first-round pick, the guy, he gets out there, and you immediately notice him, and you're like, oh, wow, he looks the part. And I, I just don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on at this point. He does look the part. I think he only had... I don't know how many targets he had. Was it three? And he caught two of them. And one of the throws was pretty bad. I thought Mac Jones got away with it a little bit this week. He he could have thrown three picks easily. Yeah. Uh, two targets, yeah. one catch for Nikhil Harry in that. Uh, Marquise Brown, if he was on the, the Patriots, they probably would have benched him. They just, they're just so bad at dealing with rookie receivers and developing those guys. So bad. Uh, speaking of development, Mac Jones has looked really good. He and... He and uh, Jamar Chase probably neck and neck for Rookie of the Year at this point. We'll see how it plays out over the remainder of the season. Somebody mm-hmm. who is not in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Trey Lance, drafted over Mac Jones, most likely reportedly against the wishes of Kyle Shanahan, head coach. Uh, Trey Lance gets his first start. They were 3 of 16, 3 of 19 on third downs. I can't remember the exact numbers. Trey Lance goes 15 of 29 for less than 200 yards, interception, no touchdowns. They they hung in there with the Cardinals, and granted, it was against the Cardinals, who are the only undefeated team left in the NFL, but leaves a lot to be desired. And and everybody knew that, knew he was a project coming out of North Dakota State, who had one start in the previous two seasons mm-hmm. because of COVID. Um, but and a young guy, a guy who relied on his legs a lot. Not too good. Got to be feeling pretty good for Mac Jones at this point. Arizona's no slouch defensively either. I mean, Chandler Jones... Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, they have some players over there, so I don't want to take anything away from them. But um, to be two and zero in their division, Arizona in that division at this point, looks pretty good. yeah, three of eleven on third down, one for five on fourth down. The Niners, so not the best. Uh, elsewhere in the NFC West, best division in football, there was a matchup on Thursday night: Seahawks and Rams. Russell Wilson got. The worst injury of his career. He got it in his finger, which they spent un- umpteen hours uh, showing on TV. His finger all messed up, but had surgery on Friday. He's, he's out for four to eight weeks. Guy's never missed yeah. a game. 
that's a hammer blow for that team. They they depend on him so much. Um, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, they're, they're really going to have to depend on Chris Carson going forward. Who is the who is the uh, Geno Smith? Geno's he Geno Smith. He threw a touchdown too. He looked um, pretty good. He did look good. He looks pretty good for being. St- I didn't even know he was still in the league. There he was. Yeah, I, I think mean, we're gonna start to he, see them he, go. Uh, I mean, he's no Russell Wilson though. So losing him, no, that's the defense is not the same as it used to be. Losing losing Russell Wilson. I mean, it was his middle finger, right? What? It's on his throwing hand. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, so that that's going to be a, a tough thing to overcome for the Seahawks, especially in that division. The biggest game of the weekend, Sunday Night Football, Bills go to visit the Chiefs. This was the big litmus test because the, the Bills lost in week one to the Steelers, and then they won four straight games against nobody cares, terrible teams straight across the board, killed the living shit out of all the terrible teams, including the Texans, who they beat 40 to nothing in week five. Oh, yeah. uh, they go into Kansas City, and right off the bat, they look, they look like the better team. They're up 24-13 at the half. I think they, they finished mm-hmm. 38-20. Uh, Josh Allen looks incredible. That He's got so many weapons on offense. Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox had over 120. He was averaging like 40 yards a catch for a minute there. Dude's killing it. He's killing yeah. it. Brian Dayball. Uh, did you notice Ryan Wendell in the booth next to Dayball? No. Yeah, Ryan Wendell is on their offensive staff. He's up in the booth with them. Uh, wow. And then... Chris Jones was out for this game, so that's a big blow for the Chiefs defense. But another game where they're giving up 30-plus points. I mean, this Chiefs defense is an absolute sieve. Oh, yeah. It's great to see this uh, from the Chiefs. Not great to see this from the Bills. But what are you going to do? You know, I've been kind of saying about the Chiefs, losing a game like that in the Super Bowl kind of kicks your teeth in a little bit. That one hurts. And I think they're feeling those effects, especially with the people they've lost on defense and just the whole, you know overall where they are there. And the Bills are kind of, yeah, they're becoming a juggernaut. I mean, they're kicking the crap out of teams like you were just saying, which sucks because they're in our division. Uh, Luckily for us, we play them later in the year, which is nice. We still don't, you know, we don't play them for at least a few more weeks, right? Yep. I think it's a little little while, so that's good. It's towards the end of the season. I think there's two two, we play them twice in like four, three or four weeks at the end of the season. Yeah, so that that's uh, very good for our team. Gives us a chance to see if we can figure something out there and look pretty solid. Uh, one thing I did notice from Josh Allen is all, through all of his praise, the one way uh, the Chiefs kind of got to him, which is difficult to do, but they didn't do it all the time, is when you kind of do that, you know, the old Bill Belichick controlled uh, blitz or rush, but send an extra blitzer. Because if you can kind of get that guy to stay in the pocket and blitz him, he kind of throwed, he was not making great throws. The problem with him is he'll just run out of the pocket most of the time and get a first down automatically he jumped somebody in this he jumped a fucking linebacker in this game it's like dude what are you doing jumping a player as the quarterback i know it looks great but come on yeah so they were up by like two to him but he's looking really good yeah they were up by two touchdowns at that that leaping point got a got a feel for bills fans with their stomachs and their throats uh chiefs two and three by the way chiefs are two and three if, if at the beginning of the season, I was like, after five weeks, the Patriots and Chiefs are going to have the same record, you would have been like, sign me up. Yeah. Oh, that would have been a great bet. I would have put a fucking, you know, 100 bucks on it. And then I don't know what you hit, but you probably get thousands and thousands, thousands <laughs> of dollars back, right? <laughs> right, right. Totally. I mean, he threw another two picks this game, Mahomes. I don't know what's going on over there, but it's tough, tough to man. win games when you're allowing 38 points. So maybe I take a little bit off of him, but, you know. He is, he's impatient. He's very he's impatient. impatient. And he tries to be – I've been saying this for 
since he came came out, he tries to be too fancy, you know. Oh yeah. It's the no looks that he throws for a pick, and I'm like, well, you didn't. There was no one around the guy for ten yards. Why'd you do? Why'd you throw a no look? You, you know what I mean? There's no point to it. Yeah, he right. get, he makes some hero throws. Yeah, some definite hero throws. One thing I was I was thinking about the Chiefs is how unusual their situation is and how fleeting it is. Where they have, I mean, are arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. They have arguably the number one receiver in the NFL, Tyree Kill. Almost definitely the number one tight end in the NFL in Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they have arguably the best offensive coach in the NFL and Andy Reid. They got all those guys together. Tyree Kill is coming up on 30. Travis Kelsey is older than Gronk, or he's the same age as Gronk. Uh, Mahomes is entering his second contract right now, which probably means he's he's going to continue to get uh, to be as good, if not better. But Andy Reid was in the hospital earlier this week. I mean, that, that's got to have an impact as well. This thing doesn't last forever. The, yeah. the gang oh. can't stay together forever. And oddly enough, it seems like they're feeling the effects of losing some of those tertiary players. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets injured in this game, and it's like, oh, you kind of felt it. No Sammy Watkins on this team. As much as we shit on Sammy Watkins and his lack of production, that element is missing. Damian Williams was a really good player in the backfield for them, and and he's missing. It's just like some of them. It it, it can't be perfect forever. Well, there's a lot of that throughout the league as far as if the guy goes down, which they often do in the NFL, you've got to have some depth. And I think their depth there is like Demarcus Robinson and, and Pringle. And uh, did they sign Josh Gordon? They signed Josh Gordon, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that's kind of stupid. What's left point. of him? Daryl Williams is is their backup running back. We, we've seen him before. We kind of know what he is. And it's I think Hilaire going down is pretty big for them. And so, he'll be out for a month or so. But there's still plenty of talent on that team. Um, at least offensively, defensively is for me is that's the problem right now, right? You can't allow 38 points and expect to compete on a weekly basis. Yeah, in nearly every single game. Yeah. Okay. The Giants played the Cowboys in a game that was quote unquote America's game of the week that no one gave a living shit about. Nobody outside of those two cities. Uh, maybe the maybe us a little bit just to see what Dallas looks like. Yeah. Just a way bit. But you know, somebody, somebody's like ox cord. I just paused the recording. Somebody's ox cord a little off. Yeah, Is that there me? we go. Yeah, whatever that was, it just got fixed. Don't move, JJ. No more moving. Oh, Don't it's move back. Move. It's back. 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 It's especially bad now. If you're All fucking right, let me with go get another pair of Hang on. I don't think it's the headphones. It's still there. Yeah. What is it? That's sound a downside like? to a mic right there. Yeah, right. Something to break. That's what uh that's what good. does it sound like? It sounds like static. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, stuff, it stuff, stuff like that. That's what it sounds like. Wow, looks like the Giants hung in this game. I didn't watch this at all. I didn't watch it at all either, but I, I have Saquon, so I was looking at it, I'm like, Oh, he got injured in like the third play of the game. That's fucking great. My fantasy team, by the way, I have Kittle, IR, Saquon, just Broken. in shambles. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Najee Harris is questionable. Your team? Yeah, I'm a mess, dude. I'm all right. We'll see. Is that I have back? the most points in the league yeah. somehow. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, this guy. is good. Okay. I'll, I'll just jump in here. Dallas had control of this game more or less throughout, although they did turn the ball over a few times in the first half. Uh, the Giants hung in there until... 
they had to bring out the ambulance for like half of their offense. It was quarterback, running back, top two receivers, their tight end. I mean, they were missing everybody. Saquon's yeah. ankle is gross how big that got so fast. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, Saquon injured, Daniel Jones injured. They don't particularly have a good defense. Um, I really don't know what they're going to do. They, they're looking like if they can't get these guys back quickly, um, they might be in some serious trouble. And Daniel Jones, I think, just had his best week of this of the season, maybe his career, uh, last week. He threw like 400 yards, so it's tough. But the Cowboys look legitimate to me. Um, really, really balanced team. Uh, Elliott and Pollard combined for 35 carries, 185 yards and a touchdown. Most of that's Elliott. But Pollard, I mean, it's, he's as solid a backup as you could find. Uh, they have a lot of weapons. Um, Lamb, Cooper, Schultz is no slouch. I think he's got like 33, 35 targets. He's second to only Cooper on this team. There's a lot of nice pieces on this team. Um, Diggs and Parsons, we could talk about them more as we go on. But uh, that's the team we're playing next week, and they look legit. Yep, they're they're next on the docket, and they are the number two offense in the NFL. They've been much, much, much improved defensively with Dan Quinn coming on, on board to be the defensive coordinator there. Uh, say what you want about Dan Quinn with the Falcons, but he's an outstanding defensive line coach, and this team is getting after the passer, and they're, they're number five in the NFL against the run. A lot of that has to do with playing from in front so much, uh, but they're running the ball effectively on offense. They're stopping the run, and they have an explosive pass game. And they, they have some really emerging talent defensively where Micah Parsons looks outstanding. He's probably the front runner for defensive rookie of the year. Trevon Diggs yeah. is probably defensive player of the year at this point. He's got like mm-hmm. seven interceptions He's through insane. five games. He's got six. He's got six, yeah, through, through five. Parsons Real has quick. 10 QB hits. Real quick, um, before we jump on, Todd, we got to mention Tom Brady. 400 yards, five touchdowns. It's been mentioned. Yeah, yeah and he's injured. <laughs> okay. Uh, Who's injured, Tom? Yeah, he hurt his thumb. He's he's uh, limited in practice. What? Yeah. Did you mention that? No, I didn't. I didn't mention it, but but uh, yeah, the the guy's unbreakable. I, I I don't I don't know what you and he probably loved going into Miami and beating the crap out of him. He's he's oh, in there thinking about like it. Patrick Sertan Senior and Jason Taylor and and, and all these he's Play playing against his, these kids. Played against his father. Yeah, Jesus exactly. Christ. I saw something on. Um, it's insane. On what was it? It was like fucking Instagram or something. But it was like going through all these players that he either played with or played against, and they're all coaches or their sons are playing in the NFL now. Or they're like um, Tony Romo was a rookie in like '05, and Brady's already in '95 in Madden. It's just silly. This guy just keeps going. By the time he's 50, he's going to be throwing for 550 yards and five touchdowns a game. It's, it's ridiculous. He's the best. Yeah. Best quarterback in the league right now. Well, back to the Cowboys, if I may. Uh, yeah, yeah here a we good go. segue for that. But they're second on the rush offensively and fifth on the rush defensively. So Damian, Harrison, Damian Harris looks banged up. That's not good. Um, but they are 31st in pass defense, um, albeit number one in interceptions in the league. So take that however you want to. But yeah. Um, once, once again, I think that a lot of that is tied into them playing from ahead for so much of the season where they've they've just been so explosive offensively that they, they get ahead of these teams like the Eagles and the Panthers and the Giants, and those teams have to play comeback football and throw the ball down the field. And uh, a lot of that leads to turnovers, and they're, they're doing a great job taking the ball away. Luckily, this game is in Foxborough. Um, 
I think that that's going to be a big yeah. help for the Patriots instead of having Absolutely. to stay in Texas for a whole week. Although sometimes that gels the team. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look looking around the the Cowboys team, I'm I'm not sure where you can really attack them. I mean, we we talked about the the difficulties the Patriots cornerbacks have had in locking people down and, and you're looking mm-hmm. across the field at Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. You mentioned Dalton Schultz. Blake Jarwin's not a bad backup tight end. They, they're too deep at running back. And then offensive line, it's it's not as good as it once was, but it's still a pretty good offensive line. It's very good offensive. But I don't think they yeah. have Lael Collins from LSU. I think he's not available. But you look around the, the rest of the offensive line, they're still very solid. Um, I think you have to pass the ball against this team. Just looking at their rush defense, Vander Ash is in there. Keanu Neal, they always put in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good, it's a good team, and it's a good test for the Patriots. And if you want to get to 500, you got to beat teams like this. So, um, you know, this is a good test for us. Yeah, I mean, one of the best offenses in the league, I think, right now, production-wise. And Dak looks great. I'm worried about what Zeke's going to do to us, just because he's had some success the last last few weeks in the running game. I've never been a huge fan of Cooper, but he definitely puts up yards. Um, Touchdowns, too. I think he's got four on the season already. Yeah, exactly. Three or four, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got four touchdowns. Um, I think they're a beatable team, and for us, we there's a chance we can beat them if we put as you know our best game on the field that we've had all year on the field on Sunday. If it, you know that's what we'd have to do to win. Otherwise, it, you know, it's not like they're unbeatable. I've seen Dak make a couple, you know, somewhat mistakes. Their defense let them su- let up some stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they gave up 20 points to a Giants that was just falling apart. In the first half of the game, it seemed like it was a close game. I mean, you know, it got away from New York pretty quick, especially once guys started getting hurt. But, um, yeah, we got to win it. It's it's Every game at this point is getting close to a must win if you want to be looking at playoffs at all at the end of the year so big one it's a big one yeah it's a big game especially with the the chargers panthers browns coming up on the docket two games with the bills still remaining later on in the season we got to get to 10 wins and uh this this might be one of those games that gets us there so really there's a lot on the line and one advantage as as good as the cowboys have played so far this year they are still coached by mike mccarthy and we got bill belichick and everybody else there and you know, there's just that part of me that goes, you know, I, I know Dak Prescott's really good and I know he's great pre-snap and, and there's all kinds of articles out there that talk about his intellectual game and we know about his physical talents. But what can Belichick do that just is going to drive Mike McCarthy nuts? And I think yeah. whatever that is, I think we're going to see it. Yeah. I, I'll tell you who worries me the most in this game is not so much Amari Cooper because I think we're going to take care of him. I think that that's their, that's their biggest weapon over the top at least. C.D. Lamb is is a big concern for me. He's very explosive. I, I would see Cooper Cup kind of being phased out of that in the next couple of years. The way this kid looks, uh, second year for, out of Oklahoma, he's he's a player. Um, yeah. We're we're lucky Gallup's uh, on the IR too because that's a third that's a third wide receiver there that you do not want to have to play against. It's a third. I mean, they're just stacked. Yeah. They're, they have a lot of talent, man. Yeah, I'm happy Gallup's not uh, playing against us in this one because that would be tough. He's, you know, like you said, CD, one of the best players, one of the best upcoming players right now. He can take over the game. So, yeah, that that's a dangerous weapon they've got going. Yeah. <laughs> this team's going to score. I think they're going to score on us, in at least in the 20s. And uh, we just we need to be able to shorten the game offensively and then put up some points, score points in the red zone. 
it's it's a challenge. I do have if this game was in Dallas, I got to be honest, I'd be taking the Cowboys. But there's there's something about playing outside in in the in the elements in Foxborough. I just yep. I, I think we're gonna have just a, enough of an advantage. I think it's gonna be a real close game. But I I got the Pats twenty four. Ooh, one point game. Yeah, okay. Buddy. Oh, God. I think I, mean, I think I'm gonna go. I think we win. I think we finally, as an offense, score some points. I think we finally convert some, uh, you know, some more red zone attempts um, or situations, and um, we take it. I think we score 33. We go big here. We're going to score fucking 33. Max gonna have himself a game somehow. I don't know how, but somehow. And uh, yeah, 33-23. Okay. I think that this is the game where Nikhil Harry comes out of his shell a little bit. I hope and, you're and, right. And I think this pass defense is – that's the one part of this defense I look at and I say, okay, they're they're a little suspect. If you take away Diggs's – I mean, you can't yeah, really take away what Diggs is. Well, if you don't throw at Diggs, who's unbelievable, you, you – yeah. yeah, there's a chance. There's there's not a ton of talent back there. You have to you have to treat Diggs like a number one at this point, and – Still Maybe that up. means looking looking at him a, a lot less than like, you normally would. Because um, I just see it as this is where your second and third options at wide receiver and fourth options at wide receiver mm-hmm. need to make, start making some big plays. Because as a whole, I think that's not a great secondary. But you have that number one corner there that you need you need to be mindful of. I'm going to go Patriots 31 to 20. All right, nice. All right. I think this is the first game we get over. 30 points, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. First game, Max next... scores over 30. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Love to have. Hell I yeah. Hell it's Harry. Yeah. It, it very well could be Ramondre Stevenson as well, depending on Damian yeah. Harris' availability. He's he's next man up. And uh, they, they gave him a bunch of snaps last week. He'll If if he has to, he'll he'll be our lead running back, hopefully. Jeez, imagine if it's Brandon Bolden. But, I think he uh, might well, be because uh, Damian Harris looked like he got pretty banged up. He looked like he was in some pain there at the end of the game. I, I don't know if that was a rib, but he, he, said he had all a rib MRIs he and x-rays came back uh, negative. So hopefully he's okay to play. If he's not, I'd love to see Ramondre. But that is a mm-hmm. good run defense, so that, that concerns me. Yep. And then uh, other games upcoming this weekend, Tom Brady going on the road to Philadelphia. And, I mean, he's got revenge games against every franchise in the NFL, but that, that's got to be circled on his calendar to go see those fans, see that team. Uh, yeah. One of the most heartbreaking losses of his career in a game that he played fantastic. So uh, he'll go on a short week with an injured thumb, but you got to think he's up to the challenge. Philly had a really good win against Carolina where their mm-hmm. defensive line really dominated, but Tampa Bay's offensive line is real good. And with Brady setting those protections, I expect them to block that up and really throw the ball down. Antonio Brown lit it up last week. I, he's just, he looks he looks fresh again. He looks he good looks again. pretty good. Yeah, looks he does. pretty good. There's not that many good games this weekend. Uh, I, I only have two circled here. And yeah, it's not a lot, right? There's I matchups. Mean, can you... Can you imagine just even just a few years ago us circling the Cardinals and the Browns as maybe the best game of the week? Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's like the one. two lowly franchises of my lifetime. Um, <laughs> but I got to tell you right now, I would say the Cardinals might be the best team in the NFC, arguably. I mean, they, arguably, beat, they yeah. beat the Rams. I don't um, can't deny that. And the Browns, I know they lost to the Chargers, but... I mean, that's still a, a really good team. They put up a lot of points. Um, the defense is not bad. If they get Clowney back, I think they're a legitimate uh, contender. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a real yeah. good it's a real good matchup. It's another test for Arizona going on the road to Cleveland. Um, remains to be seen what the weather will be like in the outdoor field, but Kyler Murray running around, Miles Garrett chasing him around. Uh, it'll be a good matchup. A lot of f- number f- one overall picks in that game: Baker Mayfield, yeah. Kyler Murray, Absolutely. Miles Garrett, and then the the other game I have circled here is Chargers Ravens. Chargers Ravens. Yeah, I, I, I like that better actually. That's yeah. I'm gonna be looking forward to watching that one. That's more of the game of the week to me. I want to see what Herbert does against that defense um, and whether Lamar can move around quite as much because some of those players on the Chargers defense are fast as hell. Um, I'm talking about Kenneth Murray, Derwin James, Bosa. Mm -hmm. Bosa, I mean, as fast as Lamar is, if if Bosa's got an angle on him, you know, that's this game over. Yeah, so that's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to touch on uh, John Gruden at all? Yeah, yeah. John Gruden out as coach of the Raiders uh, three and a half seasons into his second tenure as their head coach. Comes out that uh, there was an NFL investigation into the Washington football team and some of their uh, front office people. And so they they confiscated 65,000 emails. And there were some emails from Gruden to Bruce Allen, who at the time was the president of of what at the time was the Redskins, um, and said some things he shouldn't have said. Said some uh, yeah uh, some pretty bad things. One of the I mean, and then he resigned on Monday. He resigned. He resigned so ap- after what sounded like there was a lot of pressure from the NFL put onto Mark Davis, the Raiders' owner, to to levy some discipline, and there was no discipline handed down. Uh, before the game on Sunday, and it was a little bit weird because things came out last week. And then on Monday, he ended up resigning. So however that conversation went, that was the result of it. One of the things that, I mean, there's a couple things that that bug me about this. Number one is, why is the Wall Street Journal reporting this? Why isn't the NFL releasing this or handling this internally? Or why why is it, everything's got to be leaked. It's got to be a leak this and a leak that. Uh, That that bugs me. And then the the other thing that bugs me is just that they they take these little quotes where it's just like, let me quote two words here or two words there. And there's no context. There's at least give me a paragraph or a sentence, a whole sentence, at least to make some sort of judgment. And then I guess the last thing I guess I did a couple thoughts on this is this was a private email from 10 years ago from two football guys to each other. I'm not not condoning the language or whatever was said, but it's a, it's a scary proposition. If you could send an email a decade ago and all of a sudden it's you front page fired. news. Yeah, you get fired for it. It's, uh, not, you know, the thing that's weirds me out the most is that he resigned. You know, it didn't, like you said, it didn't get to the point where there was punishment. And I feel like, you know, I don't know what you could do, but to, for, to think that they would have fired him outright, it's like not given suspension, suspend him for a year, suspend him for a few games. I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> this guy, it's, it's surprising that you would get fired over something for an email from 10 years ago. Now, for these things, were, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't condone what he said either or what was being sent. It's pretty, some of it, you know, hopefully, some of it seemed like it could be pretty bad. But um, the fact that he resigned makes me wonder if there's a lot more of it. And he was like, you know what, I'm just out because i feel like that's a big move but maybe that's what they pressured him to do so i don't know i think there's definitely pressure from above to resign um he's got a big contract over there and look i we can get into the things he said there are you know 
they're definitely racist. They're absolutely homophobic. I mean, it's very inappropriate all around. Some of the things that came out, it's like, but I want to know. My question is, okay, so he said this to like what the Redskins owner or something? Yeah. Okay. How how did that get exposed? Like, did he piss off the Redskins owner? Because those are personal. Got exposed through the when they did the someone on the investigative side must have liked it, not liked it. So the NFL they seized a bunch of emails from the what was then the Redskins front office, and they were investigating something completely unrelated. And who else was on the other side of this email? Like, they didn't say anything back? Bruce Allen is getting away with this scot-free. Yeah. Wasn't he involved in all the emails? Like, he was getting that stuff. He was getting it. Nobody said what he said back. Nobody, he's not getting chastised for, for not going, hey, don't say those things. Is he still in the NFL? No, he's out. That's why he's well, not going. Because you can't take anything else away from him. Yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's what the mob wants. The mob wants to take things away. Yeah. The mob wants to cancel you. And I mean, you can't say shit like you know. You you can't, yeah. and you got to know you can't. Pictures and stuff that could get that you know that was a big deal a few years ago. I don't really know what it was, but that doesn't sound great either. Yeah, but it's never right to say those things, but to to say them when you're in the public eye is. I mean, look at Urban Meyer. He's about to get fired, yeah, right? But like, he is. He there. He, I think he lost that locker room. He's all, He's very much teary. everything. I'm. Yeah, Reading. and the honeymoon's over for the Raiders too. They just lost their coach, you know. Um, oh yeah, yeah. They lost that's, to the Bears, twenty to nine. Like that's a devastating loss right there. Yeah, losing your coach and then losing to the Bears. Oh god, it's you a know? mess. It's a mess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it. I mean, Bill Burr had uh, the comedian had this line where people were getting canceled for tweets they had in two thousand six or whatever. That's probably before Twitter was even. Right. And and he was like. Oh, was was I wrong to do that? Yeah. Why don't Why don't you go speak to me from two thousand six? Yeah, like, right. I wouldn't say that now, but I, I mean, I can't answer for something I did back then. Once again, not condoning. Also, I would like to know some more context before I, if I'm going to pass full judgment on this, I would like to know the context of it. What was he yeah. receiving? What was he? What was the the rest of those conversations about? And he he tried to explain some of the the terminology that he used and maybe he was confused i mean were there other did it pop up in other emails where he was saying that about a different group of people did they go through like all of his emails since then or that's uh, just a lot one? of political shit too anti-biden anti-obama but who gives a fuck about that who gives a shit? yeah <laughs> i don't give a shit about that i mean you can have your politics whatever yeah, and the, the but... thing you know that he was shitting on Goodell, maybe he didn't use the best choice word but uh, what do i care so that's what he called that's Roger why Goodell. that's why it came out, right? Because he said some shit about Roger Goodell, and then the NFL leaked it. Well, yeah. it was it was more. I think the, the Morris Smith uh, was is that his name? Demoris Smith. Yeah, uh, yeah. The NFL said yeah, his lips said. were the size of uh, Michelin tires. I yeah. mean, Jesus Christ, dude! What do you? What the why fuck? You, 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 you can't say that shit. And you're you're a high profile guy. You know, you got to know. You, you can't fucking say. It. And even if you think like. Even if you think that you're a piece of shit, but like, I don't know, man, you're, you're a head coach. Your yeah. whole life is football. You're in the public eye, no matter what you do. So you should know better. He was, he was you should know better. I can on ESPN at the time. He was broadcasting. So it's like, eh, probably shouldn't be doing this. I can or tell it's you. It's a bummer because I was a big fan of watching him on the sideline. I think exactly. he's, he was hilarious. He's so entertaining in the booth and there's no going back. He can never be in the booth again. So it's, I mean, it's over. He's, he's out. He's out for good, basically. He'd be lucky we'll to see. coach. I think in five, ten years, if he wanted to come back, depending on what how things go, 
I mean, he could he could do color commentary for the XFL. I could see him. I could see him in college. I don't think I could see him in the NFL again. I think he's done with the NFL. Like maybe like a a, a small program in college. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's not as entertaining. Uh, Antonio Brown looks smart right now. You know? <laughs> he probably right. knew. He probably knew he was fucking racist. So maybe, you know? maybe Mike Tirico said he didn't know anything. Tony Dungy, uh, Keyshawn Johnson went the absolute opposite way. Said he uh, didn't, never trusted right. him. There's there's a lot of people, not just in the NFL, but in the entire country right now, that are shaking in their boots about what investigation is going to pull up, what email that they wrote that they don't remember that was 12 years ago. That what the a hell? lot of people. A lot of people didn't like working with them. That GM that brought them to the champ that that brought that ridiculous roster. What was it? O two. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. That, that ridiculous roster that GM assembled the very next year was like six games into the season. And he was like, "I don't want to do this anymore," and he got out of there. He he's like, and I'm pretty sure it was about Gruden. So interesting. Yeah. Difficult. You know, difficult. Uh, it's crazy time right now, 2021. Yeah. But um. We're we're looking forward to week six here. We got the Patriots in one of the marquee games of this weekend, hosting the Cowboys. It's yeah, uh, two teams, two of the very few teams that could uh, claim to be America's team. And yes, I'm saying that they're called the Patriots. Look at their colors. I mean, if anybody could make a case to be America's team other than the Cowboys, you know, who. yeah, it's Patriots. It's yeah. the Patriots. Duh. Right Gotta there. get to three and three. That's the most important. Gotta, Gotta get to three and three. Dallas so. is minus four. Good, good. Let's have some extra incentive to kick the living shit out of them. All right, yeah. don't get too pumped. It's only Tuesday. All right, thank you guys. We will be back next week and uh, enjoy week six action. We'll talk to you week seven. See y'all. Adios. See ya.